on today's episode. We'll take a look at three different Western Conference teams that the Dallas Stars could potentially face in round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll talk about the teams that I think would be best case scenario for the Stars to match up with and the teams that they should look to avoid at all costs. All of this and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Tuesday, March 21st. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener of the show, thank you for stopping by and making the Locked On Stars podcast your first listen every single day remember to follow the show and subscribe to the show on youtube or your favorite podcasting platform uh, we are always free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen thank you guys for the continued support and just a little bit of housekeeping here before we begin uh, about what is going to be coming out over the next few days here on the show obviously today we're talking about potential playoff teams that the stars could face in round one of the stanley cup playoffs uh, and that features the team that the stars play tonight the seattle kraken the stars back home for the first time in a while after their six-game road trip. But then tomorrow's episode is going to be a Stars prospect check-in. Uh, I'm actually going to be traveling for work uh, throughout pretty much the entirety of Tuesday. And so I'll be able to listen and watch the Stars game against the Kraken, but won't really be in a position to record directly after the game to get an episode out. So I still wanted you guys to get an episode for Wednesday, but we won't be talking about the Stars Kraken game. Uh, I'll probably be be addressing that later this week so just a little bit of a heads up for you guys but let's not talk about that much longer let's jump into the content of today's episode with about a month to go give or take three or four weeks until the start of the stanley cup playoffs it's time to kind of take a look and see who the dallas stars could be matching up with in round one of the brackets and in my eyes there's three different teams that i think right now are probably the most likely uh, and we're going to go one by one today, talking kind of from the team I would most like to see the Stars play and then ending uh, with the team that I hope the Stars are able to avoid in round one of the playoffs. And I want to start things out with the team that the Stars are going to be facing tonight in the Seattle Kraken. Uh, and I can't wait for this to age like milk. I can't wait for me to make all of these points and then the Kraken to just blow the Stars out, which I don't think is going to happen. But I, I just feel like that's something that would happen as I say, oh, the Stars are better and more superior than the Kraken in this way, this way, this way. And then the stars embarrass themselves again. I don't think it's going to happen. I hope that doesn't happen, but uh, I'm trying to get ahead of the curve there, but this is the team of the three. We're going to discuss today that I would like to see the stars get matched up with in round one. And the stars uh, are fairly familiar with this Kraken team right now. And especially going into their third and final matchup of the regular season tonight, these two teams are pretty familiar with each other just in general. Uh, over the past week or so of NHL hockey. But from a Dallas perspective, this is an, an appetizing matchup for a few different reasons. And the first one, and probably the biggest one, being goaltending. The goaltending matchup, I think, is leaning heavily in favor of the Dallas Stars. Of course, the Stars' uh, headlining piece in the, the crease is Jake Ottinger. 
who, while he hasn't been at his best as of late, he is going to be the Dallas Stars' best asset going into the postseason. People say all the time you win playoff series by you know winning the special teams battle and having superior goaltending. And the Dallas Stars have far superior starting goaltending on their roster as opposed to the Seattle Kraken, who have not had very solid goaltending this season. Both of their main guys, Philip Grubauer and Martin Jones, who the Stars saw both of those players on their recent road trip out west. Both of those guys have goals against averages over 3.02. And then you can also take a look at another statistic, goals saved above expected, which is tracked on moneypuck.com. This is how MoneyPuck defines goal saved above expected. Expected goals against minus the actual number of goals the goalie let in. A positive number means the goalie is stopping more goals than an average goalie would. Jake Ottinger's number for goals saved above expected is 10.6. That's 14th in the NHL to put that into perspective. Linus Olmark from the Boston Bruins is has a 37. So Jake Ottinger, well above average in terms of goals saved above expected, doing pretty well, all things considered, to be in the top 15. And even his backup, Scott Wedgwood, has a positive number, 4.6. But then you take a look at the Seattle Kraken uh, goalie tandem, in that category, Philip Grubauer coming in with a 0.2 goal saved above expected, and Martin Jones with a minus 6.1. So even just with, with the advanced analytics there, uh, but even just at face value, I don't think it's really a secret that the Stars have a heavy advantage in terms of goaltending. You don't typically see a backup make an appearance in the playoffs unless it's absolutely necessary. We didn't see Scott Wedgwood in the playoffs last year against Calgary. It was the Jake Ottinger show. And I imagine it would be the exact same situation for the Dallas Stars in this year's postseason that Ottinger is getting all of the starts with no back-to-backs. Uh, and I think if that's the case, the Stars have a clear far and away advantage in terms of the ability to stop the puck from going into the back of the net. But it's not just the goaltending. I think the Dallas Stars also have the advantage in terms of experience and the leadership on their team. And that's not to say that the Seattle Kraken don't have their uh, you know, supply of sappy veterans and guys who know what it takes to win in the playoffs. They have a Stanley Cup champion on their team, leading the team in scoring, and Vince Dunn, who was a member of that 2019 St. Louis Blues team. They also have Jordan Eberle, who has 36 playoff points in 62 career playoff games participated in. So this isn't to say that they are completely without experience in the postseason, but I think the Stars have a lot more in that category. A lot of these Kraken players are... are talented players, skilled players, but guys that have never had to be the premier guy for their NHL team. A lot of these guys picked up in the expansion draft, as we know, uh, kind of, you know, picked up from random teams across the league. And it's not to say that some of these players were quote unquote passengers for previous teams success in the postseason, but they were never really the premier player for their squads. Guys like Jordan Eberle, or even Andre Burakovsky, who was a member of the Colorado Avalanche last season. Obviously, he did play a role in them winning the Stanley Cup last year, but I don't think anyone is looking at that team and saying Burakovsky was the premier player on that squad. You're looking at Kale McCarr. You're looking at Nathan McKinnon. You're looking at Gabe Landeskog before you take a look at Burakovsky, who, again, contributed a key piece of that team, but not the guy. Jordan Eberle was never the guy on those Islanders teams that were making playoff runs just a few years ago. And again, even Vince Dunn, as good of a player as he is for this Kraken team, the story wasn't necessarily about him in that 2019 postseason. And again, this isn't to discredit the Seattle Kraken. I think that there should be a ton of credit given to them for being in the position that they're in. 
the, a chance to make it back to the or not even back, but to make it to the Stanley Cup playoffs for the first time in only the second year of existence is pretty impressive for an expansion team. But I think the Stars carry the advantage in terms of veteran presence and leadership. I think having a clear-cut captain and leader of the team matters. I think having a supporting cast of veterans with plenty of playoff experience matters. Joe Pavelski, who's been to the Stanley Cup Finals before, Tyler Sagan, who, kind of like Vince Dunn, has been to the Stanley Cup Finals, won in the Stanley Cup Finals before, way back with the Bruins in the early 2010s. And even other guys like Essa Lindell, even guys like Rope Hintz, who are younger guys on the team but have been to the Stanley Cup Finals before, Miro Haskinen, Roddick Foxa. I mean, having players like that on your team matters. Having a more seasoned head coach, in my opinion, matters in the playoffs. Pete DeBoer has been to the Stanley Cup Finals twice, and Seattle head coach Dave Haxtall has only made two appearances in the Stanley Cup playoffs back when he was coaching the Philadelphia Flyers, and both of those uh, resulted and first round exit. So DeBoer is a a coach who has been to the big stage before. He hasn't been able to finish it off, which has been one of the biggest blemishes on his career legacy, if you will. But I think that that experience matters. And DeBoer knows what it takes to make it deep into the playoffs, to not just make the playoffs, but to make those deep runs, those meaningful runs with the, the group that you've had all season that you you know that there's good leadership there. You know that there's accountability there from the captain to the rest of the team. And, and I think it'd be an interesting matchup. I don't think the Stars sweep a series with the Seattle Kraken by any means. It's probably a five or six game series. But I think if you look at the teams that are potentially slated to play the Stars in round one, I think the Kraken provide the best potential matchup for the Stars in terms of the ability to end that series relatively quickly and then get prepared for round two. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll talk about the second team that the Stars could potentially face in round one of the playoffs. We'll talk about the Winnipeg Jets right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. I want to thank you again for making the Locked On Stars podcast your first listen of the day. Moving on, talking about the next team that the Stars could potentially face in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And this team falls in the middle of, I wouldn't necessarily mind playing them, but they certainly have some aspects of their team that make me nervous and that make me think that this team could potentially steal a series against the stars. And this is, of course, as I alluded to at the end of the last segment, the Winnipeg Jets, the team that is coached by their former coach, Rick Bonus, who has the Jets in a spot to make the postseason this late in the 22-23 campaign, which many people, including myself, really didn't see coming. I actually had the Jets missing out on the playoffs, which, which could potentially happen. The Jets have hit a little bit of a slide here over the past few weeks. Uh, for the longest time, they were in contention for the top spot, not just in the Central Division, but in the Western Conference with the Stars, with the Vegas Golden Knights. But recently, uh, have hit a little bit of a wall. 
and, and they could potentially fall out of a playoff spot and a team like the Calgary Flames or the Nashville Predators could potentially slide in. I'm not talking about the Flames or Predators because they're not technically in the playoff picture, so I won't talk about them right now. Although, uh, I guess base ca best case scenario, if the Stars could get the, the Nashville Predators in round one of the playoffs, I think that'd be great for them. I think that actually could potentially be a sweep. But again, I'm not going to dedicate a whole segment to that. I feel like that kind of goes without saying uh, that the Stars would have a clear-cut advantage against the Predators in that series. But I digress. The Winnipeg Jets have been struggling as of late, and they currently find themselves in the second wildcard spot in the Western Conference. They're 4-8-12 in the past month of hockey. That includes a five-game winless streak. And, and, you know, if the season ended today, they'd be matching up against the Vegas Golden Knights, and the Stars would be matching up against the Seattle Kraken. But the, the race for the top of the West is still relatively close, uh, with the Golden Knights only three points ahead of the Stars. So the Stars still very well could find a way to win the West. And if Winnipeg stays in that second spot for the wild card, we could see this matchup happen. And this is a team that really, and you can see it over the past month or so, they, they are really just day and night, Jekyll and Hyde with their offense. They're 21st in the NHL in goals four at 214 and 27th in the NHL in goals four above expected at minus 17.88. And we know that this team does have some offensive weapons like Kyle Connor, Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, some really nice pieces that, that certainly can put the puck in the back of the net. And the stars know this good and well as they've lost the season series to the Winnipeg Jets. Although that feels like a lifetime ago because all three of their games were back uh, before 2023, the stars and jets played all three of their season series games way early in the season, which I'm not a huge fan of, but uh, that's just how the NHL schedule unfolded this season. And so that would make things really interesting because now both of these teams, I, I would argue, are in drastically different places from where they were when they last met uh, around Thanksgiving or just a few days after Thanksgiving. It wasn't even December when these teams met up for the final time against one another. And, and even, you know, you look at some of the deeper offensive stats, the power play tends to lean in favor of the Stars, who are still top 10 in the NHL in scoring, still top 10 in power play percentage coming in at 8th, as opposed to the Winnipeg Jets, who come in at 21st. But there is one aspect of this potential matchup that makes the Winnipeg Jets intimidating. And it's really one player that could potentially win them this series. And that player's name is, of course, Connor Hellebuck. We talk about the Seattle Kraken and say that the Stars have a, a far and away advantage over the Kraken in goaltending, but this is a series where the goaltending would be pretty even, and you could potentially make the argument that it leans in favor of the Jets, but you could also very well make the argument that it leans in favor of the Stars. You could go back and forth as Hellebuck and Ottinger have been some of the best netminders in the league this season, and the Winnipeg Jets have the second-ranked penalty kill in the NHL, because of Connor Hellebuck and the Dallas Stars, fifth in penalty kill percentage because of some good defense, sure, but also Jake Gottinger. And if the Stars and Jets were to get matched up in round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, I think that the series could have similar vibes to last year's Stars Flame series because the goaltending would be insane. And we know for the most part that Stanley Cup playoff games are different because sometimes the game feels a little bit more slowed down. They can be a little bit more low scoring. And especially with a Rick Bonus coach talkie team in Winnipeg, I think that's what we could potentially get. It'd be games that are ending in three, two scores, two, one scores, really low scoring affairs, potentially with maybe one or two anomaly games where the goaltending is just a bit off or the defense is a little bit looser. 
But this, I, I feel like, would be a similar series that probably goes six or seven games, and you just have some spectacular performances between the pipes from Jake Ottinger and Connor Hellebuck. I think it, it'd be a, an exciting series. There'd be a ton of juicy storylines of bonus going up against his former team. Uh, and, of course, you know Pete DeBoer looking to get back to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time in a while with his new team after being in the race for the lead in the Western Conference all season. Man, this this would sting. It, it's going to sting anyway if the Stars lose in the first round. Uh, it goes without saying that it's a disappointment of a season if they experience a first-round exit. But if they experience a first-round exit at the hand of their former coach that they essentially fired, I mean, they didn't re-sign him at the end of his deal last season, oh, it'd be a long and brutal offseason here in Dallas. So, I mean, it'd be it'd be fun. It'd be entertaining to see this playoff matchup. It's not necessarily the one I want, though, because a fresh a quote-unquote fresh Connor Hellebuck in round one of the playoffs is intimidating, although we know that Jake Ottinger can hold his own as well, and I think you can make an argument that the Stars have a better offense, and I think you would win that argument if you tried to make it, but would it be enough to get the Stars past Connor Hellebuck at least four of seven times? That would remain to be seen, and we might not get this matchup in the in the first round. We might not get Stars cracking, but that's why we're speculating here, and I, I, I would be really curious to see how this first-round matchup plays out, uh, and, you know, I think you even look at the rosters. I think there's a decently even spread amount of veteran leadership, veteran presence. I know the Winnipeg Jets don't necessarily have a captain, but they still have guys uh, that are leaders on that team. Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, guys like that, that, that have been around the block a time or two and certainly uh, have have no love lost for the Stars. I mean, there's still some bad blood, it feels like, between these two teams. Always physical. Always intense when these teams get together, and it'd make for one interesting first-round series if it were to happen. Well, we're going to take one more quick break, but when we come back, we'll talk about the final team that the Stars could potentially get matched up with in the first round of the playoffs and a team that I think might be potentially worst-case scenario. We'll talk about the Minnesota Wild right after this. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you've got to try Built Bar. What makes Built Bars taste so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably delicious flavors such as churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And I'm not quite sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get your own box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can also get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Just walk to the pharmacy section in those stores and get yourself a box of cookies and cream. That's my personal favorite flavor. Doesn't really matter how you get your hands on your Built Bars, whether it's at the store or online. Just make sure you get your hands on some today because they are absolutely delicious and they'll change your life. All right, everybody, today we are closing out this episode talking about the Minnesota Wild, the third team that I think the Stars could potentially get matched up with in round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I went back and forth between the Wild and the Avalanche, and, and I think there's a case to be made for the Colorado Avalanche. And I feel like with what I said with the Predators a second ago, it goes without saying why you don't want to match up with the Avalanche in the first round. I don't think any team in the Western Conference wants to catch Colorado in round one. They're the defending champions. They'll probably be a little bit healthier than they are at the current moment of this season. Uh, it's a different discussion for a different day. They certainly uh, deserve some sort of you know acknowledgement on this list, and this is me acknowledging them now. 
But I feel like what could be a more likely scenario, the, the first two teams we talked about, Winnipeg and Seattle, that's assuming that Dallas finishes first in the Central Division and either finishes first in the West or second in the West and gets matched up with a wildcard team in round one. This situation against Minnesota is assuming that the Stars slip and fall to either the second or third spot in the division. And if that's the case, I have to imagine that the Colorado Avalanche leapfrog the Wild and the Stars and take that first spot in the Central Division like I predicted them to do and like many others predicted them to do this season. And it very could, well could happen as the Avalanche have the 32nd ranked remaining strength of schedule. At the time of recording this, they're about to play a home game against the Chicago Blackhawks. And so, I mean, not a lot of daunting teams remaining on their schedule. And so it very well could happen. I'm hoping it doesn't. I'm hoping the Stars can find a way to pull, you know, pull together a, a division winning season but it's going to be much easier said than done, especially given Colorado's schedule. But taking a look specifically at the Minnesota Wild, they're an interesting team because they're in a really weird spot where they're near the top of the division, but opposite of Colorado, they have a very tough road ahead. They actually have to play against the Colorado Avalanche in Denver. Uh, they'll have to play in Vegas, and then they'll have a home game against the Vegas Golden Knights. They'll have to travel to Pittsburgh and travel to New Jersey here uh, over the next month or so remaining in the regular season schedule and then throw in some other middle of the pack games as well it's and you're also down a key player in Kirill Kaprizov who might miss the rest of this regular season with a lower body injury and so we could have a world where the Dallas Stars finish second or third in the division and get matched up with the Minnesota Wild I think the Wild will be in contention for winning the Central I just think it's more likely that Dallas or Colorado ends up winning the division rather than Minnesota especially now that they are without their key player in Kaprizov Though they are getting some good contributions from guys that are stepping up like Matt Zuccarello, Ryan Hartman, Joel erickson Eck, just to name a few. But they've also been getting some excellent play from their goalie tandem of Philip Gustafson and Marc-Andre Fleury, who needs no introduction. We know what Marc-Andre Fleury is capable of, one of the best goaltenders we've seen over the past several seasons. And Philip Gustafson has had a very good year coming from the Ottawa Senators. Over the offseason, a lot of questions, including from people like myself, of what Gustafson was capable of with a playoff caliber team. His numbers in Ottawa weren't very good, but now that he's on a little bit more of a defensive competent team, he has much better numbers. And I think he's also just playing very well under the tutelage and mentorship of a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury. Both of those guys, very good numbers this season and would be intimidating challenges in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Although Gustafson doesn't really have that experience like Marc-Andre Fleury does, he provides that youth and that spark of a young guy who's still looking to make a name for himself in this league. They also, like many other teams in the Western Conference, went and added a healthy serving of depth at the trade deadline. They added guys like Oscar Sundqvist from the Detroit Red Wings, uh, Marcus Johansson, Gustav Nyquist from the Columbus Blue Jackets, who hasn't played yet. He's been injured, but there's belief that he could be back for the playoffs, and that would be that would provide some excellent depth for this Minnesota Wild team and they added a depth defenseman. Maybe you guys have heard of this player before. John Klingberg from the Anaheim Ducks, former Dallas star. And he's making an impact already. He's been playing very well with this Minnesota Wild team, especially in terms of providing offense from the blue line. The, the Wild had a good team already with Kaprizov, with Erickson Eck, uh, you know, Matt Boldy, Ryan Hartman, Matt Zuccarello, also former Dallas star. They have a very, very good team. And this is a team that can score you know, also kind of like Winnipeg, 
go cold at times offensively, but they can also explode offensively if they're really feeling themselves. And this is a team that I would least like to see the Stars play in the postseason of the teams discussed today because, this, again, this is just a difficult matchup in terms of the goaltending and also just the ability for them to explode on offense. We saw in the first meeting that these teams played way earlier in the season where the Stars actually did come back to force overtime, but they eventually lost in a shootout. We know what this Wild team is capable of. We've also seen the Stars handle the Minnesota Wild quite handily this season. It's kind of been a back-and-forth season series that has concluded, but the biggest reason I don't think the Stars would, would do well matching up against the Wild is not because I don't think they could win the series. I very well think they could, especially if Kaprizov were to miss some or all of this series, depending on what the recovery from his injury looks like, if he's able to come back, how good he is when he does come back, how much he's hindered by that injury. But I think this opponent, the Minnesota Wild, would take the most out of the Stars. I think a series against the Wild likely goes to six or seven games. And even if the Stars do win, which again, I very well believe they could, that this could really take a lot out of them energy-wise and endurance-wise and wear them down a little bit more than, than a series against Winnipeg or Seattle could. I think Winnipeg could also take a lot out of the Stars with their physicality and kind of the grit and grind style they play. But I, I think in terms of scoring and, and the need to produce offensively, maybe not quite as much for the Stars. And then the Kraken, I think the Stars, in theory, could get out of that series in maybe five or six games and have a little bit more time to recover and prepare before facing their next opponent in round two. That's really kind of the reasoning there, and I think the Wild maybe have the most talented team collectively across the board of the three we've talked about. And then, of course, you factor in maybe Colorado as well. Maybe I'm wrong, and Minnesota comes in to get that top spot in the Central, and we get a Dallas and Colorado round one matchup, which is a whole different can of worms. But again, I feel like if you guys are familiar with the Colorado Avalanche, you know why, why that matchup would be intimidating and round one of the playoffs. But let me know in the comment section down below if you're watching on YouTube, if you agree with my assessment of these teams and how the Stars might match up against them in the playoffs, let me know if you think they would match up better against another team. Maybe the Edmonton Oilers slip out and fall to a wild card spot and the Stars match up against them. Maybe Nashville or Calgary sneaks into one of these last playoff spots. Let me know your thoughts in the comments down below or on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis or tweet at the show at Locked on Stars. But thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Remember to subscribe to the show on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. We're always free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen. And remember tomorrow's episode, we won't be talking about the Stars Kraken game. Uh, I'll probably be looking to talk about that later on this week. Uh, but we'll be talking about Dallas Stars prospects, including the newest acquisition in Chase Wheatcroft. Very excited to talk about him and his future with this Stars organization. But I hope you guys have a great Tuesday. Enjoy the game tonight, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. <laughs>